0: I'm Lee Gowland. I'm Brian Davis, and this is the 49 er Faithful UK Show
1: Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the 49 er Faithful UK Show. On today's show, I'm joined once again by Najee Kurar and Gareth Ellis, who will be reviewing the Rams game with myself. I'm going to start by expressing our deepest condolences to the Bethard family on the tragic loss of Claire over the weekend. Hopefully the person responsible will be brought to justice by the local authorities and is punished accordingly for this heinous act. It was a terrible thing for anybody to go through, and our thoughts go out to C G A and his family. Right, guys, how are you doing?
2: I'm good. How are you? How are you both doing?
1: I'm fine. How about you,
2: Gareth? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Finished for the year now, so settling in, a bit more football, plenty of eating, drinking, few
1: fireballs yeah yeah well funny <laughs> enough so I went out to do the uh, grocery shopping yesterday and I kind of sneaked a bottle of fireball into the grocery um, trolley without my wife saying it not, not that I need my wife's permission but <laughs> I thought I'd just sneak that one in there Um and I got away with it so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to a few fireballs especially uh, next Sunday when we play the CLC Hawks in what has now turned out to be one cracking game um, with a lot at stake for the 49ers. <laughs> it's
2: it's great to be looking forward to games like that rather than last couple of seasons talking about who are we going to pick in the first or second round, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, without rough, a shadow so of a doubt. It's, it's great to be talking about something else.
1: Right, so straight into the negatives of the game, and I'm going to start with more of a question than a statement. So, Jimmy was sacked six times by the Rams who let's not forget it had the number one ranked defense last year that they haven't suddenly gone to a terrible defense they just started the year slowly so the question is is he holding on to the ball too long too often
2: do you, do you want to go gareth uh, yeah i can do um i posted something about this on on facebook earlier i think i i've disagreed with some of the some of the comments i've seen I think it's a lot of it. Is, it's a mental approach to the game, and it's it's what you're prepared to do. And I think Jimmy's showing, you know, ups, absolute leadership and faith. He's saying to his O line guys, "You hold me up," and he's saying to his receivers, "You get open, and I will find you." And I think those three th- uh, third and sixteen completions. If you see how much pressure is in Jimmy's face, and he gets the ball out at those last seconds, uh, that's you. You earn those from taking those few sacks because he's not looking for where he can throw the ball away. He's not looking for where he can scramble three or four yards. His eyes are downfield and he's looking for those receivers and he's trusting the guys around him. Uh, And I think that's ultimately what's going to win you tight games. I, I think the Rams were good as a, as a counter to that because I think Goff is, is the opposite. I think Goff is a very unremarkable quarterback. We didn't sack him, but he threw the ball away a lot. Um, you still lose a down. You may save yourself a few yards on the sack, but particularly when it's third down, what's the point of throwing the ball away? You might as well take the sack if you're going to pump the ball away. Fair enough, if you're if you're lining up for a field goal, it may be worth doing. But I'm I'm I don't see it as being a deficient part of Jimmy's game in the fact that he just sticks in there and he gets the ball out on those clutch plays. And the cost of that, the cost of that attitude and approach to the game is, yes, he's going to hold on to the ball perhaps a few times too long and he's going to get sacked. But I think it's worth it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I, I think he's relying on his ability to release uh, the ball really fast. We've talked about it plenty where his mechanics are so tight and he he can, he's the fastest quarterback to, to, to release the ball. And he's relying a lot on that. And I, I do agree with you. I, I don't think he's staying in there too long. If anything, I don't think he's at, he, his line is giving him enough time, which is a different problem. Um, but he's relying. And he knows he's got Kittle. He knows he's got Sanders and, and Debo out there. And he knows that if he sticks out it and stays in a pocket tall and... He can make some play and he did it twice in a row on third and 16. So you can't, you know, you can't have, you can't say, oh, he's taking too much sack and then he's staying in a pocket and making plays. I think I'd take a sack over uh, over, over throwing the ball away three times in a row and getting, and getting to punts.
1: So I, I think there's several things that come into play about the last game, especially against the Rams. So First of all, we're up against last year's number one ranked defence. They've got a very good pass rush. Like I said, I think they've just started the season slowly. They've become hot at the end of the season, which unfortunately for them was too lit um, because obviously they're now out of the playoffs. They can't make it. Um, So that's one that we went up against a very good uh, defence. The second thing we need to remember is Until Jimmy plays this game against Seattle Seahawks on Sunday night, he still hasn't completed a full season of football. He is still a relatively young quarterback as far as experience is concerned. And you tend to get that experience through playing regular games rather than stood on the sideline holding a clipboard. So I think even though people are saying, oh, he should know this by now because he's been in the league three, four seasons... Yes, he has been in the league three, four seasons, but he hasn't played for three, four seasons. This is effectively his first full season. So this is the type of thing that I think will come. He'll learn this. He'll learn when to throw it away, when to keep hold of it. I think what you've already mentioned, both uh, Gareth and Nagy, he's been very brave. He's held on the ball as long as possible. He's not afraid to take that hit, and he's given his receivers every possible opportunity to get open so he can get the ball to them he has taken the sacks we've lost some yardage um where i would disagree slightly is rather than throw it out to take the sack because when you take the sack you are risking losing the ball but you have to do it at the right time and that will come i think with experience uh, another season under his belt he will know those times when to throw the ball away or went to keep hold of it as long as possible to try and hit a receiver so I think it's it's not a straightforward question to answer I think there can be various different opinions on this and I think everybody is not going to agree on a single answer to is he holding the ball too long too often because I don't think it's a straightforward question no
2: you're right I think that you know, I don't think there's any one authority that says what's right and wrong people have a different opinion of it i think that that fearlessness in the pocket uh and his his poison leadership those are are things that are much more difficult to learn than the experience will come with with maybe yeah i'll throw this one away uh and i think that's that, that's a fundamental to his game that that other quarterbacks might not have uh and he can polish those other bits yeah maybe maybe learning to toss it away um at the right downs um I, I I think it's it's something about Jimmy's approach to the game that I really like and I think has really blossomed this year. That you, you can see how those guys will fight for him. That when they see him get up from on his back from taking a sack, those receivers and O line guys are, are going to step their game up and say, Look, he's doing this for us. I've got to be a bit better and Jimmy will win us these games. And he's proving that he can do that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well shout out it off. So you mentioned Jared Goff and some comparisons with Jared Goff or not comparisons, they're opposites really. Um, And you also mentioned we didn't manage to sack Jared Goff and that could be down to a couple of reasons or should I say missing personnel. At the moment in time, at this present moment in time, is DJ Jones a bigger loss than D Ford right now?
0: I think so. I I think he's, doing so much uh, that we don't see uh, what they call the trenches um I, well, his departure uh, has meant a great great deal for for us we just haven't had anybody that's replaced it at the at the nose position and it, it's not even just that it's the, the the rotation being able to have fresh guys um you know, you know, rotating all the time and being fully fit um, pretty much any time of the game. I think, I think it is I, to me, uh, especially the past four games, um, three games, it is the biggest loss we've had uh, so far.
2: Yeah, I, I I'd agree. Uh, I think D Ford has been possibly a little uh, disappointing given, uh, uh, you know, the sort of the, the contract and, and the role he was supposed to play. I think it, it is uh, uh, a combination of, of the guys we've missed because there's Ronald Blair and DeMontre Moore who've also gone out and it's, it's the whole rotation, keeping the guys fresh that proved so dominant in the beginning of the season. We're just not able to do that anymore. Uh, I read something just, just earlier that uh, Shanahan rested uh, Bosa, I think Buckner and Armstead. They only played about 73% of the d- defensive snaps against the Rams, whereas they played 90 against the uh, Falcons. Um, and maybe that's p- potentially why our, our pass rush wasn't that good. I mean, we, we got pressure on Goff. And I think if you pressure Goff, he, he suddenly becomes half the quarterback he is when he's when he's got time. So maybe that was thinking, well, all we have to do is, is put pressure on Goff uh, and he'll end up making mistakes, uh, which he did. Certainly the, the one interception. Um, he should have, I think Marcel Harris should have picked him off a second time um mm-hmm.
0: yeah that yeah. one was that one was big yeah that was huge <laughs> that, that would have sealed the game um yeah that one hit, hit my heart when that happened I, it was up and down and it was 3 three thirty. and i woke up my girlfriend at that point <laughs> <laughs> um I, I also think the we have played uh it, in in the span of seven games Probably the best the NFL has to offer in terms of quarterbacking, except Jared Goff, obviously. Um, but we, you know, we play Russell Wilson, and then we play uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Lamar Jackson, and Drew Brees, and my Ryan. And th- these guys know how to get away from pressure, and I think that's why our D- our D line has been um, slightly less good, I would say, on the back end of the season. And clearly, the Rams didn't want to do anything with that D line, and they bootlegged and made Goff run away from uh, pretty much every single down. He did not stay in the pocket. So uh, although, yes, we're missing and we didn't have any pressure on this game. Well, we did have some pressure, but we didn't have any sacks. I think I think everybody is starting to scheme against it because they know how good we are up front. And, you know, um, they try to counter it by game management and game planning. So. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure Kyle and, and Robert Sato will find a way to get pressure there. Um, I'll have all the faith in the world in them.
1: So that leads perfectly into the next question that I had. So the Rams managed to put up 348 yards through the air. And this is on the back of the Falcons also having a good game, passing the ball. How much are we starting to miss Quan Alexander?
0: A lot. Uh, 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 very low, and I've, I've talked about it on every single uh, review and, and preview that we've done. Uh, I think Dre Greenlaw and Aziz Arshayir are just nowhere near as good when it comes to covering people. Um, c- clearly, Fred Warner is, is getting there, um, but we have been struggling to cover uh, behind the linebackers and in the zone. Uh, you know, Mark Andrews had a day, um, Jared Cook had a day before he went out. Um, Tyler Higby, the other day, you know, it's all these people that are covered inside by our linebackers. So yes, I think massive, massive loss to lose Quan uh, back in the day.
2: Yeah, can't can't uh, disagree with any of that. And I think offensive coordinators are are going to look at you know potentially I think uh, Alshieir as as the soft point and attack it. Uh, and and we've seen that that difference in the amount of air yards people are getting against us. I thought we should have perhaps had a, a more linebackers on the on the roster at the start of the season. I thought only going with four was was a bit of an odd move. Um, but there we are. It's too late now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so sticking with the defence and pretty much the same sort of area that we've already discussed. So we're on to week 16, week 17, week 17. And our... Our bye week was way back in September. We're obviously looking pretty banged up right now and we were obviously very drained, having played so many games back-to-back with the bye week being in the the back of September. Offenses are starting to scheme against the defensive line, as they did with the Rams game. A lot of bootlegs out there to get away from the pass rush. Do we think the defence has got what it takes to win the next game against Seattle and also go deep? Into the playoffs,
0: I do. I think so. Um, especially, uh, we got lucky. I don't like saying lucky because I will never, you know, uh, celebrate the injuries. But the Seahawks are really banged up now, especially on offense. Uh, I've just read that Martian Lynch is making the trip tomorrow to probably sign for them. So yeah, I read that's that. How, <laughs> that's how that's how, <laughs> how desperate they are. Um, so, but uh, even beyond that, I think I think we. The, the, when we watch the game, and I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but when I watch the game, I know uh, one of one of these guys is going to make a play at some point. You, mm. you you wish for it, and and it happened. The Fred Warner pick was just perfect, and it happened at the perfect time, and it was a great play. And you you, you can always feel that something is going to happen. And uh, I, I don't know if you've watched the the post game sh- uh, speech in the dressing room, but Richard Sherman just pointed how. Everybody's playing for everybody else. And you can tell on the field when somebody is going to make a tackle, there's always another red shirt there or white. Um, and then a second and a third and a fourth. And that, that's the sign of a great defense. People aren't just doing their job. They're playing for each other. They're they're trying to make the next guy next to you better. And uh, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure when, when the playoff comes around, everybody's going to be really excited and, and just make sure that this defense is, you know, going as far as possible because they want to look after each other so yeah all the faith in the world in the defense especially if we can get a bye and get tart back and then I'd, we can talk about Quan alexander um i just i don't think he should play but uh, it's a different matter but um if, if we get people back and people are healthy or, or even just rested i think i think we'll be all right
2: yeah, I think I think mean, Tarts been a big miss. Uh, Marcel Harris is is clearly not at Tarts level. That's another soft area on the defensive side that uh, opponents can target. I think we we've got to see what these guys. Some of these guys have, have only come in in the later half of the season uh, into the defensive line. Uh, hopefully, they're they're going to step their game up and get better. Uh, I am. I'd be disappointed with Solomon Thomas this year. I think with the, with the other guys out, he's really had an opportunity uh, and and show what he can do. And he's, he's been anonymous in pretty much every game. I think I I can barely think of a play that he's, he's made well. Um, And that's, that's a huge shame because I'd hope the guy would really, uh, you know, earn the reputation of being a number three uh, overall pick. Uh, And he just doesn't seem to, to be able to step his game up to, to the NFL level which is a shame. But I, I, I think the defence, as you've said, it's a good team. Um, see what Jalen Ramsey did after the game. It's not my fault. Immediately points his finger mm-hmm. at a very younger, inexperienced teammate. What we've seen in the last three years is when when there's been bad plays and blown coverages, the players come out and say we should have played better as a team and there's no finger pointing. And I think at the, this is the business end of the season where, where these guys digging deep uh, and playing for each other is is really going to, to count for something more than just their actual ability. I think their ability to play as a team um, and ability to look after each other is is going to be something that hopefully can carry them all the way through the next three, four games. So I can't believe I'm going to do this, i'm
1: going to kind of
2: defend Jalen
1: Ramsey here. I'm not going to defend what he did. He shouldn't have thrown his uh, teammate under the bus. Without a shadow of a doubt, he should not have done that. However, so the, the question was um, to Jalen, put to Jalen Ramsey that he was at fault for that uh, catch. However, they were playing a cover two in zone and I think it was Rap was the safety. He thought they were playing a cover three and where Sanders was running was straight through his zone and he wasn't there because Rapp was playing the wrong coverage. And rather than Ramsey taking it up with him back in the locker room saying, look, that was your guy, that was in your zone, he's decided to do this publicly, which is no, nobody's going to come out looking good about that. Jalen Ramsey's going to come out looking like a bit of a tit for doing that, thrown as their uh, teammate under the bus. He's obviously highlighted Rap's inability to pick up the play coverage and take hold of his man and the whole team now looks disjointed whereas all of that should have been kept indoors like I said I can't believe I'm doing this because I'm defending the Rams and I hate the Rams Uh, and more so I'm defending I'm kind of defending Jalen Ramsey I I am and I'm not I'm saying it it wasn't Jalen Ramsey's fault that uh, that was a blown coverage that was down to a wrap but he shouldn't have done that in public
0: it was it was definitely a blown coverage, but we will never know what what were the call play and whether maybe Channing <laughs> Ramsey got it wrong because it, it's really weird to see a free safety playing the boundary so hard and Taylor Rapp has been playing extremely well all season. So it, to me to me, there's definitely a blown coverage, something weird happened there. But to see a free safety shooting straight for the basically the sideline tells me that. He was told to do this. It, you don't sprint to the sideline just for any reason. So if it was cover free, somebody who should have covered the middle of the field, that wasn't Taylor up. So I don't know. I, I don't trust Jeremy Ramsey at all. I don't like the guy. I love him as a player. I think he's an amazing quarterback, but I really don't like the guy. And the fact that he comes so offensive straight after, and he was shouting at him on the pitch as well, if you watch, if you watch the, and it. And somebody's messed up somewhere for sure. Who, I don't know. Uh, I would tend to not trust Jeremy Ramsey, though. But I'll take it. That play was amazing.
1: So, all said and done, was the reaction against the Rams the correct ac- reaction after losing against the Falcons? Or, or did we seem to labour to a win?
2: I think, yeah, still the offence seems to be a bit, bit disjointed. Uh, obviously, they did well in the in the first half with the bootlegs. Again, we seem to have adjusted pretty well in the second half uh, and and reduced the effectiveness of that. Uh, that's something that Salah seems to do pretty much every game. If there's something that that's, that's we, we're weak on defensively in the first half, he seems to be able to sort it out and and at least um, you know make it less effective for the opposition uh, in the second half of the game. Um, but we 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 are seeing when when the chips are down and we need those plays, we've got those players who step up, and that was something perhaps we maybe were concerned about in the last two years. Are we going to have those those standout guys who who rather than just doing their job all game, can they pull something amazing out when when we need it? Uh, and we're seeing guys be able to do that. Jimmy G Kittle, obviously, Sanders, uh, Kendrick Bourne on that first third and sixteen. Uh, I thought that was a, was a fantastic catch. Uh, the ball came right at him, but he knew exactly where the first down line was and went straight over it and down to ground because he knew he he got the, the first down and that was all he needed. Um, we we've got guys who are stepping up to make those plays, and that's what you need if if you're not, you know, motoring along with a nice smooth, well-oiled uh, offense. You need guys who can make something happen. Uh, and I think we've got a lot of those guys who can do something. So that's a good sign. Um, maybe it's not as good as, as oiled perfection every play, but that's not going to happen, particularly at that, this end of the season. Uh, the guys need a week off. I think that's 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 fairly apparent. Um, and we'd see them come back sort of stronger and rejuvenated. And that's what they've got to think about next uh, next week in Seattle. That's earning them a week off
0: think it was a good response. If you if you look at the, the overall, game, we ran 50 plays versus 70. We didn't have the ball that much, and every touchdown we scored was a five-six touchdown drive. You know, it wasn't it wasn't many plays. So I think I think the the offense was quite efficient in a way. Um, I, but I, I don't think we played really well. I think I think the Rams definitely played better than we did. They controlled the ball. They they scored points when they needed to and got a couple of picks as well. So But, you know, yeah, we just needed to win and it didn't matter how. The the Patriots did exactly the same a few hours before. They didn't win very pretty, but they just just win. And that's what you want. To win Super Bowl, you just need to win games sometimes. It doesn't matter if it doesn't look great. And I think that's what we did on Saturday. We just needed to win and we did.
1: Yeah, the mark of a good football team. A team that can win when they're not playing well. Exactly. Okay, so... Heading into the positives in the final game up to Seattle. And both of you have actually mentioned a couple of the positives uh, I had. So I'll start with the first one. And for me, the biggest positive is without doubt the fact we are still playing for the number one seed and the bounty of a bye week, which could prove crucial in our attempt to go all the way. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, that's, that's huge. Go for it, guys. No, that was all I was going to say, really. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay then, I'll move on to the second one, which uh, you've already mentioned in a sort of a way. So I'm like yourself, Nadji. I don't like to see any player get injured. However, the Seahawks are struggling for fit running backs. They're bringing in Marshawn Lynch tomorrow. I think that's just to pay lip service to him because they also bring in a few other of their ex-running um, backs as well. But they've also lost their starting left tackle for the next couple of games. He has to go into the have surgery, have a little bit um, a little bit housekeeping done on his knee. So he's going to be missing. And a former 49er player, Mikey Potty, who is their left guard, also suffered an ankle injury in the first half of last night's game. He did come back in, but you could see it definitely affected him in the second half against the Cardinals. And that whole left side of the offensive line was quite weak. So that that is definitely... Um, a big bonus for the 49ers going into the game up at Central Field on Sunday.
0: Yeah, if there was any game where uh, our defensive line can get right, it, and especially Nick Bosa can push for a you know defensive rookie of the year, maybe even defensive player of the year, it's this game. Chandler Jones got four sacks. I'm pretty sure... Uh, I mean, Chandler Jones is, is quite a player, but it, it, even if Bosa can get a couple, um, it, it, yeah, it's looking good. I think Quan. Quandre Diggs is out as well. Um, it looks like Clowney might be back, and that's about it. That's, that's the whole, whole day of. So yeah, we're looking good on the on the player front, but I wouldn't I wouldn't sleep on Seattle in that stadium in a game that matters. They always seem to kind of they, you know they're a good team. They find ways to win games, don't they? So, but um, yeah, it seems like on paper our chances look a little bit better.
2: Yeah, I think it's just it's it's evened out. I think we, you know, we we faced them when our injuries were were beginning to pile up, and theirs weren't. And I think that's just uh, it, it's put the game in into a bit more balance. As you said, it's it's a tough place to go, but this this is where you build championship teams, going on the road and winning those games when when you need to. Uh, Seattle have had a, an ability to win games, perhaps they shouldn't. I think quite a lot this season, uh, but we've we've shown that we can win those tight games, those very narrow games as well, and and, and come out with a win. So it's going to be a cracking game. Um, This is what the guys play for all the the way through the season. Um, And, you know, the thought of being able to go to Seattle and snatch the number one seed away from them uh, is is probably as big a motivation, uh, I think, that you can. In many respects, there might be more pressure on Seattle being at home. You know, they're expected to win that. Whereas the Niners can still go there uh, and just say, look, we're, it's 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 a win-win. Uh, if we steal the number one seed off them, fantastic. Uh, if we don't, we've still made the playoffs from being 4-12 and 12 last season. So um, I think they can go and play without a huge amount of fear. And they can go and play perhaps without so much pressure on them. I think there's more pressure on Seattle.
1: OK, so, so as far as the number one seed is concerned, if I'm correct... The only team that can come out of Sunday's game as the number one seed with a win is the 49ers. Because the Seahawks lost last night's game against the Cardinals, I think the best they can hope for is the third seed now, based Mm. on the way the games have fallen. So I think the number one seed is now purely down to either ourselves or the Saints. So if we win, we get the number one seed. If we don't, I think we drop down to fifth. If the Seahawks win... I believe they only get the third seed, and obviously, if they don't win, they drop down to the they drop down to either the fifth or the sixth. They might end up being the sixth seed if we beat them.
0: I um, think they can still get the second if the Vikings win two games.
1: That's right. That game tonight, isn't it? I
0: thought that game yeah. was last
1: night. And the Packers had won.
0: Nope. No. They're, yeah, the Vikings playing the Packers tonight. That's that's huge. Uh, if the if the Packers win. They can get the first seat too, I think, if they win out and we and we lose and the Saints lose. It, oh, it's so complicated at this time of the year. Too many scenarios. Ask, ask the Raiders,
1: <laughs> there's only one scenario we need to know about. We need to win. Yeah, we, we, we need to win. to win. Yeah, because we S- definitely
0: to Philadelphia
2: and yeah. let them deal with that.
1: We we definitely need that bye week. Yeah, we do.
2: It'll be fine. Uncle Sherman owes you those two interceptions. He's he, he so only got one more game to do it.
1: Hopefully, yeah, he saved them up for that game. Yeah. I think I mentioned it on the uh, the previous podcast. I was Gordon um, Russell Wilson a little bit into chucking into Sherman's direction. I, yeah. I don't know if that was the last podcast or in my notes for the podcast, which I couldn't do because I was ill. But yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd sent a podcast. Yeah, sent a podcast. Sent a tweet to Russell Wilson to basically say. Um, or not basically say throwing Sherman's direction to but to Gordon to say he hasn't got the bottle to do it <laughs> <laughs> obviously no response whatsoever but no, uh, yeah just setting it up there <laughs> so another big uh, bonus for us coming into this game in uh, Seattle is the fact that this time we've got both Kittle and Sanders fit to face the Seahawks neither mm-hmm. one of them were fit in the game at Levi's and the only managed to beat us by a field goal at the end of overtime so Are I we- think that is huge
0: are we concerned about Sanders a little bit? It's been two games, hasn't done much, apart from that massive completion, obviously. And, and, and I can think of one good third-down completion he had, but he went for three catches and 61 yards, so which 49 came on that play against the Rams, and he was pretty much non-existent against uh, against the Falcons. Any concern there, do you think we should
1: have? No, I wouldn't have said there was concern there, because against the, uh, the Falcons, we, we kind of hit George Kittle, like Mm. 100 attempts at George Mm. Kittle so you could get that record. And against the Rams, we we came up against a very good defence. Like I said earlier on in the podcast, we we shouldn't forget how good the Rams were last season uh, and dismiss the way they played at the start of the season because they are a good team. Um, They've definitely got a fantastic D-line there and they've obviously got good cornerbacks as well. So I think we came up against a good team. We hit the players we needed to hit. I don't think Sanders has really reduced in production. It's just opportunity coming up against a very good team in the Rams um, and then against the Falcons, obviously. I I don't know what happened. I don't know why we we targeted Kittle so many times when we did have open receivers. The only person that could answer that would be Shanahan. But I've got no concerns. Okay, that's good.
2: Me neither. I think it's a, it's, it's a symptom of the fact that the offence has been a little bit uh, out of rhythm in those two games since the Saints. And so you haven't been hitting those 7-9, 12-yard passes to people like Sanders. Um, we've been putting ourselves into third down positions and, and, and going for Kittle or, or others. So I think it's just been, yeah, I don't think it's to do with Sanders. I think it's it's a product of, of the offence not running as smoothly these last couple of games.
1: OK, so before we sign off, a little bit of a a stat to give you here. Um, I've just noticed this this morning on one of the websites I was reading. Debo Samuel has stolen a little bit of Jerry Rice history by moving past Jerry's 49 rookie completions and now actually sits three clear of Jerry at 52. Oh,
0: nice. Let's hope you can have the same kind of career as, uh, as Jerry Rice had. That would be a, that'd be quite something. Yeah, that's good. I, I have another one. Apparently, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has tied Roger Staubach, Kurt Warner, and Pat Hayden for the third most win through 25 starts, which is pretty impressive.
1: So this is one of the things I try to get at every time I turn on. and remind people that Jimmy Garoppolo is essentially still just he's not a rookie let's face it he's not a rookie but he still hasn't completed a full season Um, and how many games did he say there Actually, 25 games he's played
0: 25 games he started 25 games and he's won
1: 20 yeah so he doesn't even have two seasons worth of games under his belt So we need to remember this, especially when you see so many rookies come in, have a really good first season, and then they regress the second season before kicking on again the third season. So you're talking about somebody who's got anywhere between 32 and 48 games before they start to kick on again. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about a guy who's got 25 games. He's leading his team into the playoffs. He's come back from a serious knee injury. We, we need to remember all these things whenever we, we evaluate Jimmy game after game after game. We, we should be waiting until the season's finished and having a look at it that way. And the same can be said about the win-loss column as well. This is a huge source of frustration for me when I can see people jump straight on the negatives after we uh, lose a game like against the Falcons. We're we potentially going to end up the season 13-3. and three. Yeah. That's a fantastic record. Mm-hmm. All, all good yeah. teams get beat, apart from the Dolphins in 72, but let's not go there. All good <laughs> teams are going to lose a game, a season.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, It's not something to get excited about and suddenly think, oh well, that's it, that's our season over, this is how it's going to be for the rest of the season. It's an off game. It happens. Teams step up. They have a very good uh, game against top opposing teams. And it, it does, it happen So, to finish the season, hopefully on 13 and three, because I'd love to see us walk into central league field and beat, beat the Seahawks. That to me is a great season. Forget about the losses because all the losses have come with their minimal points against us um, Mm and minimal point differential against us. The, The Falcons last six points. That was just a giveaway because we were trying so hard to get back into the game. It, Theoretically, or technically, should have been two points, but obviously we give them that uh, last touchdown. Down, but yeah, when you look at the three losses, that, that, is nothing that there's nothing there to concern me. The, the only thing that concerns me over the, the stretch of the season is the injuries, but that's understandable because our bye week was so early.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, so thank you to both Naji and Gareth for answering the questions and providing their viewpoint on the Rams game. Thank you very much, guys
2: pleasure as always. Merry Christmas everyone. Merry
1: Christmas yeah, to you too.
0: Yeah, Merry Christmas everyone. Pleasure indeed as as always.
1: Thanks again to everyone that listens. Please remember to like and subscribe and also check out, out our YouTube channel which can be found by searching for 49 of Faithful UK. The teaser trailer for the vlog went live on Saturday night and I'll be editing through some of the dailies over the holiday period. Um, I imagine that's going to take us quite a bit of time because some of the audio on the GoPro I used wasn't great. Um, believe it or not, I've got I've got one of the later versions of the GoPro, the GoPro 7. And back in 2017, I used the GoPro 4, and the GoPro 4 just killed it for audio compared with the GoPro 7. So I'm gonna have me work cut out doing those, but hopefully we'll have maybe say, two or three days worth of video. Well, sorry, not two or three days worth of video. You don't have to sit for that long. But the first three dailies done um, for early in the new year to get uploaded there. So until the next show, um, the review will be later in the week for the Seahawks game. Until then, go Niners. Go
2: Niners.
0: Donner the deep in the heart like Joe Montana in the corner deep park here's the hurt still for going 99 don't get it twisted want it all with five time John Teller Jerry Rice down the sideline NTB greatest on the up all time groove Walgrey Bill better check with all students <laughs> of Bill Walsh don't ever forget